Hi, I'm JD. This is ChimeraCast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio Moretti, the Bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urizidi, the Spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm I'm playing Kimmon again. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Kimmon Belaskis, the Shaman. How long did you rehearse that? <laughs> I did not. I legitimately <laughs> was going to say lug. <laughs> Hi, I'm JD. I'm your Dungeon Master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. Last we left off, Melio and Urizidi had worked somewhat together to remove the presence of Lug, his controlling influence on Kimmin, forcing him out of Kimmin's body, or at least bringing forth Kimmin into control. So before we get back into the action, Kimmin, you are regaining control over your body. But we had discussed the fact that you were never unaware of what was going on. You were a passenger in your own body, upsettingly so. But spirits and their control is something that you do right so i don't think you were entirely defenseless in this and i am going to do a little bit of a love letter so describe to me because you're not using your physical trinkets like you're usually doing what would the ritual have been that you were trying to help from your end of things what kind of spiritual sorceries were you trying to manifest what did that feel like or look like to come in where was his headspace at so i like to think that, if you'll recall, Lug stripped all of Kimmon's clothes off. And early in the campaign, I had found a vial full of ground soul glass. And I think at various points, if the camera had shown Lug in a particular light, you'd see this, like, pink halo forming around Lug's head as Kimmon manipulating from the spirit realm is attempting to manipulate this particulate soul energy into a working ritual circle does that answer your question yeah i think so give me a roll plus wisdom i'm doing a little bit of a love letter here 10 kimmon you were able to collect enough strength that as melio was forcing lug to lose control you were able to ensnare lug in a trap So, much like you've been carrying around the spirit of Isht, you now carry the spirit of Lug, in which you could call him forth. Like your um, spirit talk move, is that the right one? Yeah. This is fun. So we hadn't actually, like, really talked about this. I think I would have to put them in a totem to make them summonable, but since this place is so detached from the spirit world, and I'm, like, kind of their anchor... Well, I think it was a matter of you extending your abilities, given that you know, you were acting out of desperation. It would have been you manifesting your full power or even extending beyond what you typically would have had. So I think the totem is your physical body in this case. Or I picture maybe this halo manages to trap Lug and maybe it like settles just underneath your skin as a soul glass pink tattoo. No, that's fucking rad. Yeah, Kimmon is shiny like a Twilight vampire now. (laughs) Fuck. Kimmon, you are now back in control of your body. Melio is probably looking at you expectantly, I would assume. Urizidi is, is who knows maybe cares maybe I maybe thought I was standing it. at the top of the steps you guys are all at the top of the steps oh we are now okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah I think we're all near each other and this third one's approaching yeah came in say hello to your friends I guess whatever <laughs> good job 
I have my arm pulled back as if I'm going to punch you right in the face. No, no, that's okay. Thank you, Emilio. I think that's him. Good to see you back. Oh, good, you're back. If the two of you are done with your greetings, we have a little bit of trouble headed our way. Well, hold on. Emilio, give me my clothes. I look at you puzzled. You ripped your own clothes off. Zidi, give me my clothes back. I didn't pick them up. It's not my job. They're your clothes. You should have kept better track of them if you wanted to keep them. Kimmon's fingers practically pushing through his temple. <laughs> at any point, did either of you think that was actually me? Well, there was a moment where I thought maybe. But no, not really. Zidi? I mean... No, not, not particularly, but in our defense, I didn't think you were coming back. Great. Is this thing approaching us? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely Bra fine. Let's break up this conversation before it gets petty. Rizzi, since you're standing the closest as you're talking to them, trying to warn them about what's about to happen, <laughs> <laughs> a black metal spike comes flying towards you. What do you do? Can I see where it's coming from? Yeah, the priest... This mummified thing. Who's standing like at the bottom of the steps. So that you guys are all at the top of the steps. This thing is also at the top of the steps. Okay. The entrance That's to the right. ziggurat is up here. They've been emerging from under this gazebo that is at the top of the ziggurat. You can see into it or whatever. And then there's stairs inside that lead down into the ziggurat. Cool. I am going to attempt to duck underneath of this metal spike and charge at it with talon leveled kind of like a boar spear. I'm just trying to, like, gore this thing. Yeah, give me a defied injured plus dex first to duck underneath this. Uh, that's a nine. A nine. Uh, you can either take it and charge up to him or duck, but you have to dive backward in order to avoid it. Urzidi just dives back out of the way. He's not really in any condition to take shots. He doesn't have to at this point. As you jump backward, right, and kind of get back by your two companions, as this mummified priest walks forward, just as a reminder, it has nails hammered into it around its skull and then across its um, belly and chest. And it motions with its hands, and two of these nails are drawn out of its chest and into the air in front of it. From down the stairs, you all hear, They're up there! I told you, numbskulls! Let's get them! And there are a contingent of skeletal zealots that have been following you all from that other building, making their way up the stairs. Kimmon, there's no time. Get up. We've got a lot on our hands. I'm going to brandish my two blades, my two disenchanted axes, and I'm, uh, I'm going to try and get in between Kimmon and this mummy that's pulling these nails out of itself trying to give Kimmon a little bit of time to get situated back, not only like as if in a fight, but they just became corporeal again. Like that probably takes half a second. So you are trying to stand in defense. Is that right? Yeah. Go ahead and roll defend for me. That's a nine. You get one hold. And you were, you're facing the priest? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. So yes, these skeletons then are still coming up the stairs from behind you. Kimmon, what are you doing? As I stumble to my feet, Nude and confused, there is the debris from, there was a, a stone pedestal here, right? That Lug knocked over? Yeah, this altar, yeah. I want to find a fist-sized rock and whip it at this priest. What are you going for here exactly? I would like to shatter its skull, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll call it a volley. I'm fine with that. Yeah, ammo's just not an option. Right. It's a 12. <laughs> that's, that's a that's damn good, good throw. That's real good. Kimmon's angry. Well, yeah. Was... <laughs> Go ahead and roll your damage for me. Yeah, I'm going to put myself in a spot if it's not obvious. Fuck the minus 1d6 bullshit. You can't. It's volley. It's volley, yeah. It's not hack and slash. Oh, I don't, I don't have to choose anything, do I? No. I just assumed I got a 7 through 9. <laughs> Five damage. This rock smashes toward their skull. But it hits on the crown of nails, and so only a few shards make it through and impact the actual wrapped face. Oh, can it tear away at the wrappings a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah, let, cool. us see, let, it, let us see this, its face like it, it turns and screams. <laughs> 
yeah, it will certainly at least turn its gaze toward you, Kimmin. These kind of gleaming eyes that glow out to the wrapping. It's one of them now exposed due to your broken rock. And a nail comes flying at you. What do you do? Melia, one's coming for you too. Ah, priestess. <clears throat> I'm just gonna like drop and roll and try to just outmaneuver this thing that's hopefully just moving in a straight line. I have no reason to think it can't snake, I guess, but... Melia, what are you doing? Taking cues from the rock master over here, I'm gonna chuck one of my axes at this thing and also dive out of the way. I'm gonna spend my hold to deal my level damage to this creature. <laughs> sure. What is your level at this point? Six. Six, hell yeah. Yeah, I think I just like, I'm just like, all right, we're throwing shit. Well, no, like there's, okay, so we don't see the nail coming just yet, right? And so I throw the rock and you see it like bean it and you kind of just turn to me and I just like shrug and then I like look panicked as a nail like comes out of the way and whatever happens is going to happen and you like kind of shrug at me and chuck your axe at it. Yeah. Uh, so, Kimmin, give me a Defined Danger plus Dex to jump out of the way. Emilio, it sounds like you are not jumping out of the way at all. You know, I don't think I have time. I'll just take I'll just take it. <laughs> I got a 10. So, Kimmin, yeah, you're able to dive out of the way. The nail does not just go straight, though. It does curve towards you, but it still passes by. It kind of whisks past your skin without striking you. Emilio, give me a Defy Danger plus con. Uh, that's a 10. Interesting. Oh, okay, yeah, I like this. You, you manage to, like, catch it, or it, your other axe, it kind of bounces off of, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're in this, like, throwing motion. So it hits you with the flat, rather than sink into you. Mm-hmm. And I think you're just kind of knocked back a little bit. Cool. Have to catch your breath, you know, but it doesn't pierce you or anything. You're not going to take any damage. Rizidi, you see these skeletal heads pop over the stairs. The first one over the edge, coming up to the three of you, holding one of these obsidian scalpels, these uh, very fine blades. Oh, it's these fucks again. The ones that you guys ran away from? Yep. But the this mummy sorcerer is still up? Yep. Okay. So basically, you guys have the priests on one side ahead of you, and then um, coming up the stairs, like, kind of to the side of you guys, because the stairs come up the, the front face of the side of the temple or whatever, and then... Yeah, yeah. So you have the priest ahead, and then these skeletons to your right. Urzidi is going to call upon his blade magic again. The veins stand out in his eyes and the backs of his hands as he hopefully successfully gets at least one hold. Yeah, go ahead and roll it. Yeah, it's a 10. Very good. Three hold. I'm going to spend the first hold to deal my damage to this mummy. To the priest or to the skeleton coming up? To the priest. Okay. That's 12. (laughs) That will destroy this priest. What does that look like? So there's a moment as Urizidi like has Talon behind his back and he reaches his other hand out towards the priest. It has that crown of thorns right around its head. For a moment, the iron thorns start to tremble and start to get darker and darker as they become obsidian. And then they just reverse and his, the top of his head like pops off as these obsidian nails embed themselves through his skull. Tight. You're going to get stabbed in the side with an obsidian blade as they take advantage of you focusing on the priest. Take best of 2d6. Uh, That is a four. So I take one damage. Not bad. But yes, these uh, skeletons are all scrambling up. The priest is destroyed. It's mummified body, the skull having imploded. The rest of it turns to dust and the wrappings fall to the ground. But here comes one skeleton having just stabbed Urizidi in the side, and then another, and then another. This one holding a spike with a rotted head on it. Are they still coming up the steps? Yeah. I mean, there's like three on the level with you all Yeah, right now. yeah. There are two more behind them coming up the steps. Can I use a hold to take away an enemy's advantage by turning this, this like top flight of the steps into just a sheet of obsidian? That would be changing the environment, which you can only do on a 12 plus, right? So no, I'm not going to give that to you. You could potentially do something to like one of these things, but I think to drastically alter the battlefield, that's your 12 plus on sword magic, right? I couldn't spend these last two to do force a change of location, but the change of location is for (laughs) all these skeletons falling down the side of the pyramid. I'm mostly fucking around. It's fine. I don't. Th- I don't think that's how. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how it's gonna I, work. I mean, I think you're going with them if you yeah. want to do that. No, let's see what Kim and Emilio wants to do. 
So, after dodging out of the way of this nail, I'm looking around for the show tell that I had, the dagger which is long gone, nothing. All I got is this big ass club. Kevin picks it up and with a little clumsiness, I'm gonna try to smash this skeleton that was accosting Urzidi. Give me a hack and slash. What the fuck? <laughs> We're so fucked later. That's an 11. Would you like to put yourself in a spot? Um, Kevin's not moving very confidently, so I- Honestly, the answer to that might be yes, now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> That's up to you. I'm gonna go- I'm gonna go with no. I okay. don't- I don't think- I don't think I'm moving with enough confidence in, like, the actual attack itself. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and just roll your damage, then. Uh, do you have the stats for this thing, JD? It's- uh, this has a modifier, doesn't it? Forceful and ignores armor are the two okay. important things for you. Four damage. Four damage, but it is forceful. So I'm just going to say, you're close to destroying it, but didn't quite, but you knock it off this ziggurat. Sick. It goes careening down below and smashes on the stones below. Melio. Yeah. You had been stumbled back by this nail smashing into you. And as you are getting back up to your feet, I think, and all of these skeletons coming up, one of them is swinging down at you ahead on a spike that's saying, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? Is this spike kind of like a, like, think like a fire poker spike? Is that what they're doing? Like a one-handed, like, coming down at me? Or is this like a spear? No, no, no. It's smashing 138 heads on a spike at you like a, like he's a club. One one of um, 138. One, one of the 138 heads on a spike. Oh, all right. How far away is he from me? Is he pretty close? And he's about to hit you with a stick. <laughs> yes, he's pretty close. I basically want to close the gap, so I'm just in his grill. So basically, I want to fight for wrist control over the club. <laughs> like I want to get in there and grab his grab his arm as he's swinging at me and bring it in close. Okay. Uh, yeah. Give me a to fight injure plus. I think in con or strength. What do you guys feel? I'd say strength. Strength. I can I can see strength. That works for me. Trying to wrestle cool. this thing away. So go ahead and give me a to fight injure plus strength. Uh, I rolled a three. Ouch. Go ahead and mark XP. Yes. And as you try to approach the skeleton, it actually pivots. They're more nimble than, you know, you think that they're just like brainless. And it's easy to assume that given their kind of jerky, unnatural movements. But this one pivots to the side and continues to follow through with this club. And I think smashes into you with a, ah, from the head. And you go stumbling down to this next stair, kind of falling into these two skeletons that are on the stair below. Mm. isolating you somewhat from the group. Mm. Rizidi, you see your friend disappear over the ledge of this stairway. I'll remind you these stairs are larger than normal stairs. So it's like a relatively big drop-off. They're like waist-high each. But there are still two skeletons up here with the two of you, one wielding 138 heads on a spike as a club, and the other one with one of these obsidian scalpels. What do you do? There's just two of them. There's two on this level with the two of you, and then there's two below where Melio just fell down. And did Melio fall, like, into the ziggurat or on the outside? No, no, no. Down the stairs on the outside. Yeah, yeah. You guys have not entered that gazebo yet. Razidi activates the Lorica Vortex again, and basically is getting ready to sliding his grip down Talon's shaft, is going to try to <laughs> AoE these two skeletons in front of him, right? He's, he's basically just trying to, like, big attack these two skeletons. He yells to Kimmon, Go get Melio! We're running! So yeah, I'm trying to hack and slash these two skeletons. Kimmon, are you responding to that? Oh, it's just a nod, and I, I begin moving away from this war of blades. Cool. Rizidi, give me this hack and slash. Uh, that's an 11. I'm not going to put myself in the spot, though. <laughs> cool. Go ahead and roll your damage. That's 10 damage. That's including the plus 3 from the Lorico Vertex? Yeah, so it's I roll the 5, I have always plus 2, and then it's an additional plus 3 from the Lorico Vertex. You're going to destroy one of these skeletons. You can describe what that looks like. The other one, which I'm just going to say is the one with the heads on a spike, avoids your blow so far, at least, you know? Talon's blade clips 
through the thing, like, at its skull, as the, the like, pieces of the Lorica cut through the rest of its body, and it just, like, powders this fucking skeleton. Cool. Kimmin, you sidle over the edge of this stair and land down next to Melio. These two skeletons are approaching the two of you. You can both act. What do you two do? Melio, we're running. Where? In the, into the cigarette. Lead the way, then. <sighs> As I, like, push myself up over the stair again that I just kind of sidled over. Give me a Defy Danger plus Dex, I think, to do this nimbly without getting caught by one of these skeletons. It's a nine. A bony hand reaches around your ankle, and it's going to take some time to shake it loose. Emilio, what are you doing? I'll try and cut that bony hand off. Get him going. That is probably just an aid, actually. Yeah, I kind of want to just aid. Yeah. Yeah. That's an eight. That was an eight. Excellent. You smash into this arm hard enough to at least get it to separate its bony grip around Kimmin's ankle and lets him haul himself over. However, it's kind of put you in the position where they have cornered you or like trapped you against the wall of this stairwell, right? Mm-hmm. The two of them both coming at you. First one lunging forward with this blade. What do you do? Is it like a sword? They're like daggers. Cool. I'm going to try and slap the dagger out of the way. Just sidestep, whoppa, and knock it out of its skeleton hand. Give me a Defy Danger plus strength, I guess, again. Does that follow? I going to say dex. Dex is fine, I guess, if you'd rather do that. Like I'm trying to just yeah, dodge. A yeah. little showmanship. You are more dodging, really, than you are like disarming it or anything, so that's that's fair. Let's do dex. That's a 10. Yeah, I think this buys you enough time that you have the initiative. You can either scramble back up these stairs past it or attack them or something else. What do you do? I was told to run, so I'm going to try and scramble up these stairs. Cool. Uruzidi, as Kimmin and Melio come back over the stairs. All right, wait. Wait for the blades. Don't. All right. Don't run just straight in there. Come on. Now go. Now go. (laughs) And the skeleton lunges forward again, trying to smash this skull down into Uruzidi. What do you do? So we've got this one last skeleton. I mean, the other ones will be coming back up the stairs, but yes. Right. So are both Kimmin and Melio? They're up with you now. Yes. Okay. I'm going to snap the Lorca Vortex back around me, and I'm just going to start covering our retreat as they run towards this gazebo. Roll defend for me. That's a 10. Three hold. This head on a spike is going to smash into you pretty much right away. Would you like to use the hold on that? Yes. Hold on. I'm trying to remember what is all incorporated in defend. I can redirect the blow to me. Which obviously doesn't Which count. I obviously don't want to do. Maybe. I can have the damage. Yep. You can give someone a plus one forward. You can deal your class level as damage. I'm going to spend one hold to have the damage and the other hold to uh, deal my class level as damage. Cool. You're going to take a D8 of damage that then you will have. Four three so i take one so i'm at five hp you're fine you're great and then what is your class level uh six that will destroy the skeleton so please describe that as well oh so i think he swings this head on a spike and it hits me the teeth of 138 heads on a spike like bites into my cheek (laughs) it has to get that close to me to like swing and hit me that I can activate the the Lorica Vortex and just like the the flaps of the Lorica like into its chest, like just kind of flick out into this skeleton and I'm screaming, 138 heads on a spike is screaming and the skeleton is just sort of, I guess, not screaming, but scattering all over the place. Now the camera definitely shows the skeleton, like you you get cut, you're like, and the and the head like bites your cheek, it's like, and then this just shows a skeleton and it's just silent. (laughs) (laughs) Its mouth is like, its jaws open and just nothing is coming out as it falls into pieces. (laughs) You're going to be able to get away from these other two skeletons, at least for now. Urizidi, you have a head on a spike hanging off of your cheek, trying to do damage, but it has no leverage, so it's just like biting down on you. I yank it off, and as we run into this gazebo, I assume there's, like, columns or, like, some thing that holds it up. Yeah, there are three pillars with writing on them that hold this gazebo roof up over the top of the ziggurat. I just yank 138 heads on a spike off my cheek and, like, taking a big chunk of cheek with it and just baseball bat swing it into one of these columns as I run past. 
<laughs> it screams out as you're swinging it into the column, like, <laughs> I will eat your soul! <laughs> Sport. <laughs> the three of you run into this gazebo, and there's like an open stairwell that you can begin descending. Beyond the first couple of steps down, it is utterly black. Do the three of you descend, I assume? You're running straight down there? Absolutely. Do I have a torch or something? So I have hold left. Can I give an advantage to an ally by allowing them to see in the dark? No, because you're you're using defend. No, 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 no. I have magic hold left. Unless you want me to roll again. You don't keep that. Yeah, that goes away as soon as you make another move. Technically, it goes away if you do anything else. If I remember right. Yeah, it says if you make another move or leave your stance or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Well, I've got adventuring gear. Oh, good. There you go. I'm going to utilize this adventuring gear for a torch. I hurriedly light it with my drug-doing punk. You light this torch up, and it creates, you know, this dull flaming glow that torches create. But it is reflected a thousand times down this stairwell. There are flickering points of light, both below and above you, as you enter this stairwell that create what essentially looks like a night sky. Fuck yeah, I'm into this. It is pretty cool. I'm, I'm super into this. Did not expect this. I thought that we just wouldn't be able to see. Not that we would see a bunch of shit. You said it looks like the night sky. Do you mean that like it, those points of light are unbidden by the flames and are more shining and radiant like the stars of the night? Uh, well... Kind of. Isn't it a bunch of things reflecting the torchlight back at us? Basically. So they, it, it flickers like, you know, like starlight does. It doesn't have the a fully lit celestial glow exactly. I see. All right. It's not just channeling the light. But the effect of it as it dissipates into the, you know, what almost appears to be infinity. And like I said, it's above you too, right? Yeah. Creates this starlight effect. Dope. I mean, obviously we have the moment of me lighting up the torch as we're kind of shambling our way down the stairs in the darkness and the light comes up and as all of this rings forth i like thrust my arm out to stop the group what the hell i take one step forward and play with the torch yeah as you move it all of these stars kind of dance along with it i think we don't have time to investigate here so we're going to keep going but you know mental note maybe investigate this later and i continue to do, 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 do down the stairs away from these fucking skeletons who are chasing us Urozidi starts feeling around as we, like, enter this chamber behind him. Is there a door or anything that can be closed? There is not. Okay. So the three of you make your way down this stairwell, and as you walk around, the stairs cut and move in a triangular spiral pattern. So straight-sided stairs, but then they cut back, forming ultimately a triangle as you spiral your way down, down, below this ziggurat. As you move, the stars are ever-shifting around you, like the rotation of the night sky. And the three of you eventually, after a long haul, come to the end of the stairs, emptying into the middle of this kind of flat triangular room with a doorway up ahead, an archway. The starlight does not shine from beyond that door, leaving this kind of black void in the otherwise starlit stairwell that you have been traveling through. There is no sound of skeletons chasing after you. So we're in this broad, triangular-shaped chamber. It's basically the bottom of this triangular cylinder that you've been making your way down. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Okay. And it comes out into the middle, and on the flat side across from you is this arching doorway. From here, can Urizidi make out any writing around the doorway, anything in the room... It's just kind of like looking around in general to figure out where the hell they are. Give me the starting realities. That's six. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. You're injured, too. All right. I got to think about that. But I have the advanced move glimpse. So we can do this in whatever order you want to do. But I can ask... What is about to happen here for free, even on a six minus? That's true. We see in 
a dull, dark glow like embers inside of a cracked and broken open black stone room. The reflection of a hundred black peaty eyes and fur prostrating themselves. These ratlings bow before a massive bulk of fur that subsumes a throne. And what is about to happen is the ascension of the Rat King. You see in your vision, not to have happened yet, but to happen soon, this massive furred bulk growing and expanding as it eats the rats. But that hasn't happened yet. You see this somehow within the black, hollow expanse of the archway before you. Caught off guard somewhat by it as your smoke master shows you this glimpse of the future. What? Kimmon is looking around frantically. Zidi, you gasped. Do you remember those rats we came across? You traded with them for Talon? Yes. Well, I think they're about to do something they really shouldn't do. I had to guess they're bringing back Sickmill Gabor in a rat golem body. And that's a guess. I think Urizidi shrugs. Partly. A concerned and confused glance toward Melio. I mean, they're going to bring something back. Awaken, I don't know. It's bad for them, and probably bad for us. Aren't we here looking for that eye? We should find what we're looking for. Get out of here. Leave them to theirs. All very good unless we have to deal with whatever theirs is to get out of here. I'm here to try to fix this place. Well, then you're an idiot. There is no fixing this place. Destroying it, maybe. But not fixing. Kimmon looks down at his scarred, naked body. Destruction sounds fine, too. I still don't even know if I can leave. All this place has done is take. Where are the rats? Urizidi gestures towards the gateway. I have a sinking suspicion. We will find out within. Then let's go. This is probably the stupidest thing we've ever done. And I'll lead the way through this arch tunnel. The three of you pass underneath this archway. You can feel the weight of stone above you. As you walk past the gateway, the starlight that was reflected from your torchlight in the stairwell vanishes, and you're left with just the glow of your torch. In this kind of dim darkness, this torchlight is almost absorbed when it hits the black stones around you. They seem to reflect no light at all, but absorb it completely, to the point where there are barely shadows. And in this room, you find a silver table, ornately carved, along with some what look like strange tools hanging up on the wall. There is a platform across on the other side from there with slight indentations where someone would perhaps kneel. Above and on the far side of this room, there is a slight reflection of what look to be statues, but it's difficult to make them out from this distance unless you approach closer. What do the three of you do? Melio will start approaching the table. I'm curious about these implements. Are these implements of torture? Of, you know, taking organs out? Or what's going on over here? They probably could be used for torture, but they seem too elegant for that. Mm. These do not look like the rough-hewn, like, nasty-looking tools that, like, the dwarven skeleton had up in that torture room. That's kind of, I think, where I'm paralleling here is assuming that this is kind of the same situation or some something similar. Yes, each of these, I think, um, has, like, a decorative end to them as well, right? So they might be, like, something that looks like maybe a, you know, a very small but thin fire poker, a little sharp fork, things like that, right? And then at the end of each of them, of these silver instruments on the other side, not the tool side, but on the handle side, each has, like, a decorative animal carved into it. These are very, um, you know, finely made. What kind of animals? You know, the animal kind. 
Jaguars? <laughs> sure. Dragons? No dragons. Are the animals indicative of what the tool would be used for? They're not used to eat certain animals or something, no. There doesn't seem to be, as far as you can tell, they just seem to be decorative, right? Maybe there's a ritual meaning behind it, but I don't think you would know what it is, if there is. You said this table, the silver table, does it is it inlaid with carvings or what's going on over here? Yes. The carvings are what I would call like kind of a sacred geometry carvings. They're abstracted, mm. but they appear to be for some sort of ritual purpose. Yes. Remember you mentioning a, a place people would kneel? Mm. What are they kneeling toward? Toward this table. Toward the table. And, and there's just one spot where they, they would kneel toward? There are a couple rows of these spots. Okay. It's the big, a big thing. But they all would be facing this table, yes. Gotcha. Well, let's check out these statues, I suppose. As you come up, it's probably difficult as Melee is over by this table, so the torchlight's flickering and unclear. But these are certainly bestial statues. There's one on each side, kind of framing this doorway that you can't see beyond. You say bestial. Are they humans being turned into beasts? Cyclops being turned into beasts? You'll be able to parse eventually. They are hyenas. Hyenas? Each of them looking toward the other. Can Urazidi use Talon to look back and see what these statues represent or get some, glean some idea of what it was these statues were made in an image of? Because I can use Talon to spout lore about the past. You'd be able to potentially see like what's going on in this room. You're not going to be able to see them getting carved because they weren't carved here, right? Does that make sense? That's fine. You can envision the history of a space, not necessarily the history of an object. Yeah, okay. Is the way that I had pictured that power working, right? Because you're, you're like looking back in time from where you're at. Yes, that's fine. You'll see what's going on in here. That seems that, good. That you can do. Yeah, that that seems maybe more useful than what I, I think I was, me, Ryan, was more personally curious about the hyenas. Anyway, yeah, I want to know what this room was. Sure, go ahead and spout lore for me. So that's a nine. Something interesting, but not necessarily useful. You see a collection of humans, elves, and dwarves kneeling in these indentations and chanting. Across from them, an elf is being mummified, alive, removing their organs, wrapping them up, pulling from a carved, ornate vase, these wrappings to wrap them in, placing the organs within some other vases, and sealing them closed. And finally, placing a silver mask over their face. And then the figure that was being mummified alive stands up. And your vision ends. This was a, a place of the mummification ritual. I believe those priests or the, the mummies that we encountered on the stairs above were created here. Well, at least it seems they haven't made any more recently. Picking up one of the, like, tools... Erzidi wears his eye. Where are we to go from here? I start walking towards the place where the kneeling indentations are. You do so. Do I have any idea of how to find this eye or where to go? No. You had a map to the vulture lands, but not past that point. Right. We're already farther than the map could take me. There's only one other door, right, JD? Yeah, the one that's in between these two hyenas. Yeah, yeah. There's only one path. Either it's forward or it's not. You want your damned eye, it's probably through there. Very well. While we're here, is anybody else hurt? Surprisingly, no. I'm fine. Are you hurt? I think the the Lorca Vortex sort of, like, separates out around Urazidi, and you can see where he's been, like, stabbed in the side, and his cheek is bleeding. I think he's been stabbed a few times in the past several hours. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. You do look like shit. Zidi's got two potions he pocketed, doesn't he? Yeah, but they're the ones that aren't necessarily the most pleasant to drink. So you'd rather have your old boy sing a little song for him. Yeah, and lay some hands. Tell me a story. 
Well, come on, Bard. Tell me a story. I'm at the kneeling indentations as you're walking up to me and saying that. And I gesture for you to take a knee inside those indentations. I think it'll be good if it's a, yeah if it's some kind of fucking trap. Let's trigger it. I'm not well. Gonna... Just remember the last time somebody was asked about a fucking story. No one of them told a story about how a bunch of people in the other person's hometown were killed. So you know, Percy's eyes narrow suspiciously on Emilio, but not having tons of options, kneels in the indentation. Kimmon's just picking his teeth with one of these tools. <laughs> I'm sure there's some. Spare wrappings around here somewhere. Can't you... Or is he gestures at Kimmon's nakedness? Do something about all that. Should've grabbed my clothes. Spreading his legs a bit more and leaning back on the... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dab my hands in a little bit of the ink of myself. And as you're on your knees, I grab you by the face and leave two giant hand imprints on both your cheeks. Ain't no good stories about healing. Just good songs about not dying. Won't you spare me another year? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Won't you spare me? You see these ink wells spiral up and around his jaw and across his face that stitch together like the part where the heads had bit his cheek and the scars across his body start to slowly stitch together as this ink hopefully runs up and down. We'll we'll find out. We should probably roll first and see what happens. Yeah, give me the roll. Uh, that's a 11. Here, roll your own healing. Roll a d8 twice. Take both. Uh, yeah, I rolled a six and an eight. So 14 plus five, 19. So I'm almost the full. Cool. If you've got any uh, enchantments on your mind, be shaken clear of them. Don't think so. Alukin healing an Ashkashari prince. I've done better for worse. I step away from the place where they kneel. The Lorca Vortex snaps back tight. Erzi awkwardly clears his throat. <clears throat> what any devoted subject should do for the heir apparent. And kneeling is just part of the tradition. <laughs> Came in a bit of a shit-eating grin on his face. Perhaps I prefer the other one. Well, you have more stories about guts. The court is a dangerous place, Kimmin. <laughs> Come on now, Zidi. No time for threats. I'm only playing. Urzidi walks up to Kimmon and puts a hand on his shoulder. It is good to have you back. We should get moving. Enough of this stuff. I'm heading towards the door. Cool. Uh, Samilio, you're leading the way through this doorway, this next doorway. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Urzidi opens his pack and starts digging around inside of it. Well, all the gold is gone, but I do still have this. And uh, I pull out the leather armor Urzidi had on before he got the the Lorica Vortex. Holy shit! I like it. (laughs) Kimmon gently hugs Urzidi, trying not to get cut on your armor. Kimmon gets dressed. Love it. That was just a plus one armor, is that right, Ryan? I assume. I mean, it would be on your character Leather sheet. Armor, yeah, I just wanted yeah, to, yeah, definitely. 
Yep, plus one armor. Cool, yeah. Excellent. So it's probably just a top, right? There's probably not much for leggings, is there? Uh, I, I assume there was like kind of some sort of like kilt skirts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Might be like a tunic. Typical armor of the time would have been like a solid piece that goes down to your thighs, basically, and then you would wear legging armor as well. Cool. Melio. Yeah. You are passing through this doorway. As you pass between these two hyenas, you see a slight twinkle of pink in their eyes. Give me a defy danger plus constitution. Fuck yeah. A nine. You feel your stomach lurch, but you realize that it's your body falling to the ground, which you are standing over, crumples in a heap on the stones. There is a lattice of pink electricity shimmering in front of you. No one else can see this. They just saw me crumple. They just see Melio hit the ground. He looks lifeless. I look at my body. I think I go to it just to make sure I can't just pop back in. This, like, electrical sizzle prevents you from actually getting to it. Actually touching it, yeah. Damn. I turn around, and I start making my way inside. I think it's like, I can't get back in my body? Well, fuck me, here we go. Like, we're plunging deeper. You cannot go that direction. I cannot go forward. Right. You're trying to walk through the doorway. The momentum carries your body forward, Uh and your spirit is stuck in this room that you all were already in with the table and everything. Wait, so my spirit now free wanders. Your spirit is in the room with Kimin and Urizidi. You're still in that mummification oh. room. Does that make sense? And then oh, your body crumpled okay. forward. The spirit was, my spirit was left behind. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought it no, was no like worries. my spirit moved forward through. Okay, okay. We definitely get this moment of my spirit being like, don't, don't go through. And, you know, I think we get a somewhat comic moment. Of you two walking forward. I, I don't know if you guys maybe want to try and stop before you make your way out of the room. Whoever was second can decide whether they want to proceed or not. Like your friend falling down in front of you would probably clue you in that something's not right here. But maybe you rush to their aid or something. I don't know. I'm getting dressed and I think Urazidi, who has shown some hint of modesty here, would have had his back to me. So I think you see Melio collapse. Melio. Melio. Urizidi rushes forward towards where Melio collapsed. It's like passing between these two hyena statues, correct? Yeah, so Melio's body is just on the other side of the statues. Can I see anything about the statues that indicates, like, a trap? Keep me to certain realities. That is a four. Yeah. But I can't ask, what is about to happen? You don't see anything about these statues that indicate any kind of physical trap, at least. There's no, like, triggering mechanism that he stepped on or anything like that that you would see, right? I mean, I don't know. I think you can warn him that, like, this trap is going to do something and still have a bad thing happen. Yeah, I I was thinking about that. That's maybe fair, I guess. You are examining the statues for a little bit trying to figure out maybe what did this or what is going on with it while that's happening we cut outside to a wide shot of the cyclopolis there's a bolt of green and black kirby style crackling energy across the sky and it begins to rain each plop of a raindrop sizzling just a little bit we come back in the camera flowing back down entering the ziggurat and swinging back down to the room that you're in and you've been examining and you realize that there are ritual markings in this statue leading from underneath their legs so they're like sitting down right and just tucked underneath their legs there is an indentation a circular indentation in one and a triangular indentation in another that are slightly underset and they have magical runes carved into them has have i seen anything in this room that looks like it'll fit into that indentation or anything yes the two canopic jars that you saw in your past vision that were used during the mummification process. One was circular, one was triangular. That organs from these mummies were placed within. I think this is some kind of trap. There should be two two jars, canopic jars, somewhere in here. Kimmins hopping on one foot, pulling the leather leggings that you had handed him over over his thighs. What? Oh, God, it's Melio. What? Jars? 
Um, all right. Uh, and like begins panning around the table, and like they're not just set out set out on the table somewhere or set out on a. If you're you're looking around for them, right? Um, I'll just have you also give me a discern realities. Why not? It's a seven. One question. Useful or valuable? Very good. Uh, you find a panel back tucked in this stone, and I think you can open that up. And inside are pairs of these canopic jars. I found them. There are, I will say, multiple sets of these canopic jars. A lot of them. Do any of them have some runes sticking out of the bottom? They don't have anything like that. Of course not. One should be circular, the other triangular. They're in pairs, is what you said, JD, right? So that's... Yes. Yep. I hold up one of each. These would be worth a fair amount of money. They're quite ornate, finely made. Well, I don't have a pack anymore, so that's a moot point. <laughs> I just think they, you know, catch your eye a little bit. They're gilded and fancy metal leaf coating on them and everything. Oh, I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he holds them up, and I think Urazidi plops them down into their respective, like, crevices. They clunk hollowly. Nothing appears to happen. What in the vision were they filled with? They're canopic jars, so organs. What what were they filled with, the respectively? That's what I was inching towards. Oh, um, I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> one would be for unnecessary organs. That is to say, your brain and your heart. Oh, no. The other one for vital organs: your stomach, intestines, and reproductive organs. Well, it wasn't the liver and the spleen. I thought we could have finished. You know, just fill them up. We can move on, and you're dead anyways. Ish. There's a moment after you put the second jar into its ostensible holding place, and nothing happens. Don't tell me we have to use them. I don't think you want to do that. I don't want, of course. Is there anything going on in the spirit realm while I'm kind of stuck here? There's nothing specific happening in the spirit world, I suppose. There's a swirling energy of a large entity that uh, is emanating from the raccoon that's in the corner. But other than that, no. Oh, yeah. The raccoon I can't touch. What's he doing? He's just sniffing around. Hey. Hey. I think it's uh, eternally churning eyes look at you. <laughs> this is honestly the first time chance we get to actually ask its name. So please have a <laughs> conversation with it. That would be fantastic. What's going on here? You're broken, it seems. What do you mean I'm broken? Your soul pushed from your body like your friend. Well, yes, but how do we fix that? I'm not exactly good with traps myself. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> it pushes some jerky into its mouth. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about being trapped <laughs> in a chest. <laughs> yeah. The, hey! And I try and get their attention. They can't hear you unless your friend thinks to try to contact you. They probably think you're dead. They don't think I'm dead. Well, maybe he's dead. <laughs> he looks dead. <laughs> Do you think we can grab his body, take his organs? It's worth a try. <laughs> They're just sailing me out to the sea like this. All right, you fair. look dead. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Urzidi pulls Talon out and looks like he's going spear fishing. God damn it. No, what are you doing? <laughs> We're just background characters in your little conversation right now. I would like your conversation <laughs> to keep going. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not going to harvest your body off screen. It's fine. Oh, we'll do that shit in front of you. <laughs> Obviously. Are these canopic jars doing anything? Is there any uh, any uh, spiritual wave signs they're emitting? Nope. You said nothing's going on in this room except the raccoon. Yeah, spiritually speaking, no. You said there were engravings in these statues, the hyenas? Yeah. What did they say? That's like a little bit to figure it out from the cyclopean that it's written in, right? But um, mm -hmm. basically it says uh, 
the living cannot pass. Only the dead will serve. I would remind you, you are a soul, and I have a body that's infused with a material that resonates on the solar plane. Great. I see this. Not great news. Thinking there might not be a way to contact my compatriots, I walk down to Kimmon. Do you decide to go with the highlighter pink tattoo or... With the soul glass? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's just like in my skin. Yeah. Just everywhere. Yeah. I just glitter. I think that's probably giving off a little bit of an itchy vibe. And I go over to where Kimmon is and I reach out my hand to Kimmon's face and just start trying to like rub my hand almost like you're trying to agitate some type of like problematic rash on somebody and I'm just trying to like force my energy into his face. Emilio, you feel drawn in to Kimmon. Oh, fuck. Do you follow that impulse? Like drawn in as in like trying to compartmentalize myself inside of Kimmon? It just feels like you can go deeper. I'll follow. Yeah, sure. I go deeper. Let's take a quick break real quick while I think about how I want to handle this. And yeah, then we'll- <laughs> I bet you want to take a break. Kimmy, give me a defied injury plus wisdom. Go ahead, mark XP, I'm assuming. That's Based- a six. <laughs> Melio can aid here. Sick. I'm into that. If you want to not possess me. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you do want to, then don't. Ha! An eight. At that, that's going to push Kim up as well. You will be able to communicate freely with Kimmin. Uh, you won't be able to speak through him or do anything like that. You're not possessing him. But it's not going to last very long. Yeah. You have a very loose grip on Kimmin's body. Kimmon, you'll definitely feel a presence like enter you. Yeah. So we have Talon out, and we're trying to fish for Melio's body on the other side of this gateway. We're standing like a safe distance away. Don't mutilate my body. What? I'm alive, you pieces of shit. Melio? Yes. Zidi, wait. Or Zidi barely stops Talon as it's plunging towards uh, Melio's body. Melio says he's not dead. It says only the dead may go forward. So why don't you go? Beans, as I'm not dead, I cannot. CD apparently only the dead can pass. Lucky for us, we have one such person. Who's that? You! Oh. Didn't? And I could be misremembering. Have we all been to our black gates? You've all been to your black gates, yes. I didn't die, though. That's different than being dead. Yeah. I didn't actually fail. I I came back. Yeah. I am actually dead. You are actually dead. You failed. Yeah. Well, I didn't fail, but the the fucking, the priests or whatever were like, yo, this dude's dead. Um. Well, can you get back through there? Uh, maybe. Maybe there's some kind of mechanism or circuit on the other side. I can let you and hopefully Melio through. Who isn't dead? I'll try. Kimmon stands up. He's scared for a second and then realizes what this place has done. And is like, what can this really do that's worse than what's happened here? If Melio's talking to me, then I'm not possessed by another demon. And so we get a Tarantino shot of my foot attempting to breach the doorway. As you step through this doorway, you feel a tingling. A kind of 9-volt battery to the tongue of electricity coursing through your body. Melio, you are forcibly ejected once again from Kimmon's body, left behind, as Kimmon steps through and is on the other side, passing by the twinkling, crystalline soul glass eyes of these hyenas. The other side is quite dark. You just have the reflection of the torchlight that I guess Ruzidi is holding onto at this point, perhaps. Why wouldn't it just be on the floor Near near me. <laughs> oh, I guess it would be on this side. Yeah, because Melio uh, would have carried it through. Good point. Yeah, so that's burning on this side, right? Oh, it's, it's not illuminating very much. Is there any sort of circuit on this side? Any sort of ritual markings on this side of the wall opposite the doorway? Uh, not any kind of like circuitry or anything like that necessarily. No. Kimmon looks around for a second. Looks at the hyenas up and down. 
It must be the eyes, then. I don't have it. Do you have a dagger on you, Melio? Uh, oh. Yes. I don't have a dagger, but I have the axe of Frothgar. Your bearded axe, yeah, yeah. My bearded axe. Oh no, no, no! I didn't, I didn't need just like a blade. I wanted something more with more finesse than the this the club that I have. Nope. Which, yeah, that's bearded a, axe. A bearded axe is slightly more. It's definitely more finesse than a club. Yes. <laughs> All is, right then. I don't know about that even. Don't need to talk down to my bearded axe like that, but I'll take it. Couldn't you just? bash its head apart with your club. Well, I can. <laughs> so Kimmon steps on the other side of this doorway and notices no no ritual markings or anything that seems to complete what these hyenas are searching for. And he looks at ZD for a moment and shrugs and picks the studded club up off the ground and bashes the head of these hyenas. You're going to be able to do so. We'll just do it that way. But when you do so, you smash the head off of the first one and it explodes in a pink release of energy, magical energy. What do you do? I was expecting this and I drop the club and cover my face and back up into a darkened room, which is always a good idea. Uh, covering your face kind of sounds like you're just taking it. Does that feel okay? I'm like mo- I'm like moving backward. Okay. I don't know. I'll do the dex then. That's fine. Uh, Uruzidi, this explosion is also going to potentially affect you. What do you do? Is this a place of power? It is. Is this explosion magical in nature? It is. So I have sword ritual. Oh, sick. Can I try to absorb some of this energy into Talon? Yeah. What did you have to do in order to do that? I'm like, I'm more than happy to have to roll for this, but you can bond to magical swords. When you take your sorceress blade to a place of power and perform the ancient rites, your blade takes on some of the enchantment of that place. The gene will tell you what enchantment has been bestowed or what else you'll need to do to obtain the enchantment. Your ability is based on intelligence, right? Just give me a defined ninja plus intelligence. You're trying to cool. bottle this up, basically. And I think if you succeed, I don't think I'll need a roll for Emilio. Uh, nine. Oh. You can bottle this up, but it's going to be much like Kimmin's abilities. You can release the, the ritual power here to forcibly eject a soul from outside of a body. But you can only do that once. Once you release it, it will release in this great explosion again. Potentially dangerous to yourself as well, but temporarily at least you have bottled up this magical energy within your sword. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fucking rad. And Kimmin, I will not need a roll from you because your spellblade friend has vacuumed up the magic here. Yeah. But this crackling pink energy that was preventing you from walking to the other side, Melio, dissipates in this explosion. I walk to the other side to my body. Oh, no. Say something to the raccoon first. Come on. Told you they didn't think I was dead. They totally did. I liked it better when I didn't know what you were saying. Now you know how I feel listening to you jabber on. He, like, rings that make up its raccoon tail, like, swirling around in a massive whirlwind of energy. Just work on your act. As I'm trying to get back into my body. It's a tight fit. It's not comfortable getting back into your body, but you'll be able to do so. Cool. The feeling the the uh, physical constraints of a, you know an actual physical body again kind of sucks after being free for a minute. Rizzi, I assume you are also passing through this hyena gateway. Let's go find an eye. The three of you are on the other side. We'll end the session there with... Emilio shakily getting back up to his feet.
Is there anything going on in the spirit realm while I'm kind of stuck here? It's really nice elevator dun, music playing. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 girl dun, 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 the land uh-huh. um, where's this girl thank you for being dead <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your being dead your death is important to us welcome to the chimera expanded universe now we're doing a crossover <laughs> <laughs> your death is important <laughs> you were a brave hero uh-uh. <laughs> everyone misses you for death in battle, press one. <laughs> That's all it says. <laughs> what? I, uh, operator, operator. I don't, what? Cause of death. Person. <laughs> I'm just going to push zero. <laughs> Soul dissipates. Just giving out roses. Uh, that song was great. Thank you. It gives me a very different vibe for what Luca is like, which I like. Oh, yeah. Because it was always like Venice, and now it's like, actually, New Orleans. <laughs> right? That, but that's always... <laughs> right? The They're Vin- both below the sea level, the so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No one ever looks at, you know, gondola-level people. <laughs> <laughs> you get in the gondola, then you get out and go to the palace. You don't have to deal with all the death around you. Above ground cemeteries, um, all of that business. <laughs> My favorite part of taking a boat ride in New Orleans. Mm. Anyways, here's a cemetery that is uh, releasing bodies into the water. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? They're like, yeah, the cemetery gets flooded all the time and the bodies just seek out seep out. They're slowly pouring concrete. <laughs> they were, that, yeah, they were like, we're, they're concreting the coffins in so that hopefully the bodies won't go afloat and like disturb you know yeah bury me with my like two middle fingers stitched (laughs) to my side so that if i eventually float (laughs) out into the water i'm flipping everybody off (laughs) (laughs) haha suckers you're alive losers (laughs) (laughs) i've got it good how am i doing great never been better (laughs) fuck yeah i'm a skeleton (laughs) a skeleton just encased in concrete Fuck you guys. And I've got con- concrete skin even. <laughs> All right. Cool. Let's do it. Oh, dead. Oh, dead. Won't you spare me over till another year? Well, what is this that I can't see with ice cold hands taking hold of me? Well, I am death, none can excel. I'll open the door to heaven or hell. Oh, death, someone would pray. Could you wait to call me another day? The children prayed, the preacher preached. Time and mercy is out of your reach. Mummify these nuts.